Hi, I'm Sam Sells, and welcome to my podcast, Clean Money. I'm a serial entrepreneur that has led over 2 billion development projects around the world. But the work I am most proud of is the work we do here at Wild Mountain Capital. We not only create great returns for our socially conscious investors, but we make an impact in the many communities we work in and we change lives. I like to say investing matters, and my show is to talk with everyday folks that are not only creating great success, but making an impact in society and improving the lives of others. That is my mission, and I wanna share my stories and others with you. Welcome to Clean Money. Thank you everyone for joining us today again for another great episode of Clean Money, where we talk about making a difference in the world through our investments of time and resources, which can look like very lots of different things. A lot of times we think about social impact and when you think of um, going out and maybe giving um, stuff to the poor or um, other such things. The way that I like to think about clean money is that clean money is this concept that we know how our money gets used, know how we get and how we are helping others. And it there's so many different ways for us to do that. What I don't like is when we invest our money, we have no idea where that money's going, how it's being used. And, you know, it's not aligned to our true value. So um, today we have a fantastic guest, Wall Street Pete, Peter Risco, um, who has become a good friend of mine and who we I've enjoyed talking to quite a bit lately, um, partly because you're so different than I am, Peter. And I, I love people who are different. You come from a different yeah, walk of we, life. <laughs> we each got our unique situations. You know, everybody was the same. Life wouldn't be no fun, I like to tell people. Yeah, that's that's it. And so I I love talking with um, the people who are different, see the world different, and help me broaden my aperture a little bit. So um, for everyone who doesn't know, uh, Peter Risco is, works in one of the Trump buildings, you have to tell us a little bit about that. Uh, 15 years consultant, 10 plus year of personal and corporate credit repair, tons of sales experience, sales training, hard money loans, real estate fix and flips, um, and more and more and more. And right now you're doing merchant cash advance. I know about this from owning numerous companies, um, but you're killing it in this space and you're doing it in a way where you can actually help people rather than just trying to take their stuff, which is exactly what we should be doing in this life. Now um, I'll keep some other comments to my, uh, for later in this right now, but Peter, thank you for joining the show and tell us, you know, tell the audience a little bit more about yourself. Well, listen, I've been very fortunate in life. Um, it wasn't always that way. And there was a lot of times in my life where things weren't looking so positive. I'm just a very motivated person. When I set my sights on something, I get laser focused and I don't stop until I catch it. Sometimes, you know, I may have to hit the brick wall a couple extra times just because, you know, I, I, whatever, you know, my mistake, because I should have listened to somebody else's advice, but I said, you know what? I think I can figure this one out on my own and I'm good. Um, the problem is, you know, when I came in this industry, Merchant Cash Advance, I came I came from previously selling used cars, okay? And 
building business credit and helping people clean their personal credit. The problems I was facing as a used car person was that my clients wouldn't get qualified for whatever reason. Missed credit card payments, maybe their credit uh, debt, uh, uh, their their debt to credit ratio, my tongue's died. Um, their debt to credit ratio may have been a little offset and it's, um, I'm sorry, I have 50 guys on my floor. So <laughs> sometimes I may look a little over it's because I got people trying to walk into a locked door. I, yeah. I locked it out for you, Sam. I wanted to be on this podcast. <laughs> Thanks. And so, just to clarify, those are people that work for you, right, Peter? Yeah. Well, listen, everybody works for themselves. I build entrepreneurs. I don't believe in a hierarchy on my floor. You know, everybody can just walk into my office. They can come sit down unless I'm doing something like this. Um, I have a pretty open door policy. I like to help people succeed. Now, when I was, to get back what I was saying, when I was in the car business, I wouldn't be able to get these customers qualified for any number of reasons. Most of them were their credit scores were the, the determining factor because if I can take them from like 580 to 730, some of those other things like they might not have had pay stubs, so they needed that stipulation removed from the application process. And if they didn't hit a 710 or 715 score, whatever the bank required, in order to say we don't need that, as a stipulation. So what I would do is I would try and find ways to spike their credit as high as I could. So that way they would qualify for much cheaper rates on the loan and get done at the same time. So that led me into once I fixed their credit, these people would come at me and say, Hey, I got my credit fixed. I don't want to ever ruin it again. I feel like I have a second chance in life. I want to start a business. So I went out and I educated myself on how businesses operate and how business credit works. And I consulted with them and, you know, while well, they consulted with me and I helped them get their business to where it needed to be. Now, a lot of these things I do are not like magic. It's just, it's a process. It's A to B to C to D to E. And if you go A to C, you're not going to get the process proper and you're not going to get the proper results, the desired results. So, what I was doing was at the same time helping them so I can make money. I was also learning these valuable skills that I can take with me moving forward. When I had one of my clients that was like, it was like a three month gap until they were really eligible for some more for real funding from the bank for business loans, equipment financing and things like that, because they weren't a full year in business. And they just like exhausted all of their money, their resources, borrowed money from their relatives, their friends, whatever. They exhausted everything and they still needed a bridge for like three months. So one of the guys from the car lot introduced me to one of the owners of an MCA broker shop. I didn't know what it was at the time. No, no clue. The word MCA meant nothing to me. <laughs> and yeah. When the guy came back to me, he was like, look, I like this client, but I'm not going to give her a crazy amount of money. I can give her like 30 grand. And I tell you, 20 was really all she needed. I was going to pull 20% in fees. So she was actually going to net get more money than she was expecting that well that she needed. So she had an extra $4,000 
there by the time my fees were taken care of. So I was more than happy to just find somebody willing to put 30 grand into her account. You know, that was like the goal that had nothing else to do with what these people did. And the guy was like, okay, Pete, thank you for this deal. Give me a blank check. I need you to fill out a W-9 and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to send you your commission. And I was like, huh? Yeah. My what? And he was like, yeah, you know, you came from our, our friend and I'm going to make sure that you get taken care of. He says, you got a bunch of more clients like this. I said, yeah, I have probably like 30 clients, you know, that I've been building over the past two or three years that are still good. A lot of yeah. people I helped out, they, you know, they went right back to their bad habits and I'm not going to, you know, dive in the water and drown with somebody. I can help you out, but I'm not jumping in with you. So, <laughs> you know, um, so once I seen that this guy was willing to give me a commission, of 12% for that. I was like, wait a second. What about, yeah, I got 30 clients, but what about people if I pull them out the phone book? Because I'm a good sales guy. I can sell whatever. So I'm like, what if I can pull them out the phone book? Is there a, a way for me to make money with that? And he was like, Pete, I got to be honest with you. I don't care where you pull them from. Just get their last three months bank statements and an application with your company stuff on it and get them to sign these contracts and I'll get them funded. And I was just like, man, he was like, and I'm just taking two points on top. So he was getting 14. He was giving me 12 super brokering. So I was like, listen, this is amazing for me because I didn't know anything that this even existed. I was just more than happy to get the six grand from the customer. So now I got another 3,200 to go on top of that. It was like, or 3,600. I was like, man, 9,600 for giving somebody 30 grand, a business that disappeared in, in a couple hours. I mean, that money was gone, but she covered what she needed to cover. But it yeah. was just like, man, I, I, sign me up. I'm here. Yeah. And I tell you that next day, me and one of my partners went and got a small little two-man office on Wall Street at 30 Broad. We rented a J Suites. It was like a Regis. Yeah. And we had a two man cubicle that only two were supposed to be in. We had five of us packed in there like a sandwich and it was just, we didn't even know what we were doing. I had no clue except I, that I closed almost over 20 deals over the course wow. of that time because they were my own personal clients. So it wasn't like I had to close them, open them. They were like, yeah, Pete, I need money and you know, help me out. And I was like, got you. I found a new, you know, private equity firm on wall street. I got you taken care of. No problem. But I didn't stop there. I was like, man, those 30, 20, 30 are going to be gone shortly. Where's the rest of these at? I just want to do this at all because I had to spend a year with these people, building them, dealing with their mistakes. It's just such a headache because I like helping people. So there's times where they'll owe me money and I'll be like, listen, I'll still take care of what I got to take care of. Get me later. And then a lot of times these people are just like, oh, he makes a lot of money and I, I really need it now and I can't really pay it. And it became like a headache of pulling teeth from these people. And then they would go and mess it up on me. Like everything I built for them, they'd come back to me like, oh, well, I just took out 12 phone lines because my friend bought them off of me. And I'm like, ah, what do you want me to do? <laughs> I mean, like I just took <laughs> off 20 items. Like, are you kidding me? You just put four more back on? Like, unbelievable. Yeah. Um, so anyhow, that was kind of my escape from that because I really couldn't find anything up until that point. 
that made me that kind of money with my background and history and my limited experience, my limited education. It was like, you know, credit repair was a blessing when I was in the car industry because I was making, I don't know, $1,500 on a car commission, but I was also making another 2,500 on the credit repair side from that customer. And it was working for me. But then with the business credit, that started like everything started incorporating itself. But when I seen MCA, I was like, whoa, everything else is like not even important anymore. I need to zone in and figure this thing out because this is this is the pinata that I've been looking for all my life. So once I got involved in it, I mean, I tell you, literally the next day we got an office, 30 Broad Street, and we made phone calls from like eight in the morning until 11 at night not even knowing what we were doing, not knowing how to really close these people because we didn't understand our product. All I knew was, yo, you need money right now. If you do, I got I got you the connection, but I can't explain it to you. I'll have them explain it. But just give me your bank statement so they can explain it to you exactly how they can give you the funding. So we were getting our deals in, but people were stealing our deals. The customers, we didn't really understand how to build that value with them for what they needed here. And I quickly learned it and I started doing credit repair for these people. I started building their business credit because I would keep them as a customer now because now they're like, damn, Pete's giving me added value and the guy's not even charging me for it because I'm like, look, at this point, I don't want to charge you. I want to make money by funding your business. I'm making enough with commissions and fees that I'm charging you that I want to bring all of this outside added value into your life. So now you know that I'm really out to help make you grow. Because when they grow and scale, then I get to fund them more and then I make more money. So it's in my best interest to help them scale and grow their business. At the same time, I'm able to earn more from myself and my family. So it's a win-win, which is what I like to get involved in. Now, when we, when I came in this industry, I got to tell you, the first thing I did was called my attorney. I called him. I said, hey, Barry, listen, I got I got some hell of a opportunity here. I just want to make sure everything is kosher. Can you check this real quick? He looked at it. He called me back. He said, hey, Pete, I got to tell you, if you can get somebody to sign those contracts, then those things are legally binding, man. <laughs> that is that what you need to know? I said, yes, yeah, this isn't going to do nothing illegal. This isn't like that's. Print, this is like to me printing money. I mean, I'm pulling twelve percent off of what the off of what the funders giving, and it's like I'm also getting ten from the customer. So I'm pulling twenty two to twenty five percent in commission and fees off of these deals. Are you sure that this is kosher? You know what I mean? It's like it's like a real estate deal where you're the broker and 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 you're pulling fifteen percent commission when it's capped at six. So he was like, you know, he just laughed and was like, Pete, you stepped in some dog shit if you can get people to sign those contracts. I said, so it's legit. He was like, yeah, it's legit. I said, okay, that's it. No more. He said, I wouldn't give out that money if I were, if it was my money. I said, don't worry. I found somebody that does and they're paying me for it. So <laughs> I'm good. I'm all set. And I tell you, I never look back and I never lose no sleep. I enjoy my life. I'm able to provide a great life for my family and I'm able to help people because I didn't really have that much guidance when I was growing up. I had um, 
you know, I just, I had limited access to things in the world. When I grew up, we didn't have an iPhone. Um, you know, the yeah. technology wasn't in the palm of our hands. It was, you had to have your own little network. And me, my network was built among drugs, people who use drugs and people who sold drugs and supply drugs. And that was what my network was. And it was just, again, you know, something that I learned later on in life that there's a whole nother world out here. Nobody's wants to teach you it though. So when I learned this, I didn't come into this industry with like a whole bunch of relatives and friends. I came in this by myself and everybody looked at me like I was crazy. They were like, Pete, there is no way you're going to get people to, to sign those deals. And I'm like, oh, there's no way you are going to get them to do that. Don't tell me what I'm not going to get them to do. I'm all right. I'm confident in myself. And that's what happened. You know, I just started catching one deal after another, but I knew it was real because I funded my own deals in the beginning. So it was like, that's the biggest hurdle that people have to get over when they get involved in my industry is that actually believing that they can make a $25,000 commission by giving some UPS store or some restaurant a hundred grand. It just doesn't register with everybody, especially people that haven't done it before. We have good, we have really good um, results with guys who are in the real estate industry, guys who are ex or stockbrokers or ex stockbrokers. These guys have already made twenty, thirty, fifty thousand dollar commissions, or they've seen them happen. That they understand that yes, this stuff does happen out here. Yeah. What licensing do I need? Well, that's a different story. So that kind of cuts off the availability to people. With our industry, there is no licensing required. So it's open to everyone, which is why when people ask me, who's your target clients? Everybody, anybody who wants to have a side hustle that can make more money than their nine to five and still keep their nine to five for security. Just have it as an extra revenue stream. You can work two hours a week or 12 hours a day. Everybody can scale at their own pace. The best thing is that it doesn't ever go anywhere. If you opened up a lemonade stand today, you got the build out for the lemonade stand or say a smoothie stand, whatever, the cheapest thing you can open out here. <laughs> you got to get the location. That's going to be three months of rent. You got to do the build out, which is going to be a couple thousand bucks minimum. And you got to get the machines that make the smoothies. And then you got to buy the, the fruit. And then you also got to pay the workers, two workers, mandatory. A manager and a, 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 you know, the runaround guy. So you're talking about a month. If you don't sell enough smoothies, that business and that investment is in the garbage, lost forever. And no bank's going to give you a loan on that. With you know? my course, yeah. with my course, even if you don't get deals or you're too busy or something in life comes up, it's still there. It's always there. Once you have that LLC, you can get started back on the calls tomorrow or in six months from now. So it's not throwing their investment. It's investing in their future because at some point they'll always have this to fall back on or they can take this serious right now and make this a significant, you know, a significant impact on their financial future right now because MCA makes these commissions that like, it's like so crazy. It's like, not even real. I mean, this is, I make more money than I did when I was a drug dealer and I made millions as a drug dealer. So for me, it was just like, it was like, man, where is that? Cause I always had that 
unfortunate stain in my brain that, okay, I did that one way so I can always go back to that. And it was kind of like a crutch that held me down more than anything, more like an anchor. Because now I have like, I call it like I burnt the boats. I will never, I never even would think about going back to something like that because I know too much now. I already understand a lot more about life that that is not even an option. And what happens is a lot of these people, they don't really have these kind of outlets like the MCA where they can get these really serious income and they go back to doing crazy things one time out of one month out of a five-year period, they relapse because they didn't have that extra outlet to do something and give them value and give meaning to their life. And they say, you know what, I'll I'll try my luck one more time in the streets. And they might wind up with a lot more than they bargained for. So yeah. my thing is to kind of give these opportunities to the everyday person, but also including these guys that are coming out of jail, these guys that are dropping out of school, kids that are kind of just lost and trying to find their way. This is something that, you know, keeps people out of trouble. It actually helps the customer. Yes, our money's expensive, but imagine if this business owner doesn't get this injection by tomorrow, he is not going to cover tomorrow's payroll. The moment that happens, all of the time and the energy and the money and the resources that he has put into building his team are now in risk of being lost forever because now the people are going to run where they're going to most likely run to his competition because they're trying to stay within that industry that they have training and they have expertise. So they're going to target maybe run to his competition or even if not, they're running somewhere. But they're not there. So now he has to go find new people, hire new people, train new people. And do you know how hard that is when he has a reputation that is that his paychecks are bouncing? So yeah. for these business owners, they're like, I don't care if I pay double for that money. I just need that check to clear because next week, the guy who told me he had my check in the mail last week, it actually is going to come and then everything will be fine. So when people look at it, they're like, oh, you guys take advantage. You charge too much money. I'm like, no, absolutely not. Imagine if I came in and said, okay, for bank rate money, for the cost of the capital at bank rates, I'm not willing to invest in your business. Nothing personal. It's just too risky for me. So I'm going to keep my money safely in my bank account. When I come and present it to them in a way I do where I'm buying this much future sales at this discounted price, it's worth it for me to, to be an investment, to invest in that deal in that business, in their, their future, because I'm getting it at a good deal. If I wasn't, there's no reason for me to put up that kind of risk. With real estate, you always assume risk, but you have that property there that you know you can get money back eventually. It's not going to be all loss. With my business, it can be an all loss. You know, we give people money and sometimes they default. Sometimes they run off. It's, it's what we deal with. So, my thing is, you know, we're like insurance, like so many people want to keep their businesses going and actually use our capital for positive reasons that it offsets those bad apples in the bunch. So we don't really focus too much on them. Most of the time that people don't take our money and run out the door with it. Usually they'll take the money, they'll invest it in whatever they want, whatever they took the money for in the first place. And then they'll have a hard time covering their debit, their daily payments 
So we'll have to lower them or modify them or stop them for a period, start them again, stop them, start them. We work with the client, with their cash flow, because that's what we're buying. We're buying a percentage of their cash flow. We're not loaning them any money. So we kind of fluctuate with their cash flow. The best thing is that we don't increase it when they do well. So when these guys are doing well, we're not going to increase the, the daily debits that we're taking. We're going to be capped out. And we're going to be capped out. And that's where our products are far superior to a bank. Because when the bank gives you this, they expect for the next 30 years, you better not have no problems that can't cover my payment. Otherwise, we got a problem. So, um, you know, this is this is where we help people, even though our reputation in this industry is that, hey, we're out here just, you know, raping and pillaging. Look, we're collecting high fees on our money because we do deal with people who don't pay or who do yeah. stop their payments. So it kind of offsets itself. But we are helping these businesses at the end of the day because getting your hands on physical cash out here is not the easiest thing. And a lot of times with that cash comes opportunity. So we're giving them opportunity by giving them access to that cash. So I know for us, particularly in the earlier days of my company, we did a couple of merchant cash advances. And just for folks who may look at that kind of like payday loans, you know, it's almost a, the same thing, but it's a, a kind of like a business payday loan. Um, you know, it serves a need in the functioning economy. And when you take away that need or you, um, or when you take away the opportunity, you would you would just let's just say you did regulations that stopped merchant cash advances from working right across America, you would kill tens of thousands of small businesses, if not millions of small businesses would. I was going to tell you millions. I was going to say millions, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so gone, right? Um, and so businesses do these all the time to the point now that American Express offers merchant cash advance, you yes. have QuickBooks capital set up and they do merchant cash advance. You have tons Square. and tons of yeah, Square, because Stripe. Stripe, because they know it works. They know it's needed and uh, it is risky. So if you can't make the payments, um, like you said, you know, but there are, sharks out there who are trying to take your house and take your car and, you know, cause you all this pain and, and do all this stuff. But what I've loved about Merchant Cash Advance, um, although the name is terrible, like just like what you said, there's plenty of good players out there who are, let me help you figure it out. Let's get you back on track. Here's a, another, in fact, here's a way you can make some money on the side if you need to, or blah, 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 blah. So I tell you, I've converted some of my MCA customers that I fund, that I've brokered, and I've turned them into MCA brokers through my MCA broker bootcamp training course. I mean, they already understand the situation. They know it's real. And they're like, man, I've been paying fees to you and all these other people all these years. Uh, it's about time I get some back and help some people at the same time because they know that these things do come in handy. I mean, it is what it is. At the end of the day, if these business owners don't have this cash, then they're not able to pay their employees. They're not able to purchase from their suppliers. The trickle effect goes all the way down the hill. I mean, all the way to the consumer. Because yeah. if you don't have these mom and pop stores, what is going to stop Walmart 
or one of these big corporations from saying now it's going to be $20 for a gallon of milk. Who else are you going to buy it from? Right. It's, you know, for me, I look at that like, man, we're helping preserve the economy and keeping some stability and giving, you know, giving these American business owners and again, whatever, anybody who owns a business in America, I don't really care where you hail from in life. I just care that, you know, you're a business owner in the United States. I can provide these deals because my contracts are valid in those states. And for me, if that helps somebody flip their money or take on another venture or open up a bunch of different opportunities, that's a really big uh, win for me because I don't only look for the business owner who's going to take this money to cover a payroll. Yes, there's plenty of them out there. But I also look for those real estate developers that are like, I got a contracting company, Pete, that makes, I don't know, 250 a month in revenue. How can I get my hands on a million bucks so I can buy two or three of these properties without having to deal with a hard money guy praying for my downfall? See, right. that's the biggest problem people don't realize when you get a hard money guy signed onto your property. He hopes that you fail. Yeah. That's what he's hoping. Because if you fail, then he benefits more. If yep. you win, then he wins also. But he benefits more when you lose. I try to uh, show people how to avoid that. So, okay, you take out, you sell those future sales from your other company, from the construction company, and then you take your LLC that's going to be consolidated for that particular project, and you go and do that. Now, your LLC builds that that house for the construction work and the renovation that it has to do. So that is actually generating income. So the people who purchase those receivables are happy with that kind of structure because it shows that your the business is investing in something to get cash flow back into it so it can cover those debits and keep on moving forward. So when they take that property, they now own that property outright. Okay. That in itself is a very big peace of mind when people go to sleep for the next 12 to 18 months until their project is renovated, all the permits are pulled, approvals, and then the things are able to be rented out or sold. That process can take a long time. Sometimes if you have issues, you know, if you have issues with the permits or you can't get this or you got to redo this, so many variables why not take out the biggest headache, regardless of what those variables are, and take out that hard money lender with that mortgage, the first position mortgage? You're going to just have a UCC lien on your other company, and then that other company is just going to use that cash to buy this property for that company, and then that company gets to fix it, put it on the market, and God forbid things go a little slow. The cash flow from that construction company if it's not able to handle those payments, then we lower those payments to be whatever their cash flow can support at the time. So it's very beneficial for those guys for that reason. Now, again, if you if you talk about a grocery store guy who just keeps on taking them because, I don't know, he has a really bad habit in life. I don't know. Maybe he's an alcoholic. Maybe he's a gambler. Maybe he has five girlfriends on the side. Whatever they have. You know, some of those guys, you know, they take these things to just kind of keep themselves afloat also. We don't really judge people. We're just buying into their cash flow. So I don't really care if they got poor credit. I don't really care. 
I mean, I use it as a factor to determine, you know, am I willing to be involved in your business for three months or 12 months? Those are going to be the factors that determine that. But I'll still give you an offer if you got strong cash flow. Might not be the greatest offer, but I'll still give you an offer. I'll get some yeah. money into your account today. Um, so, yeah, listen, what I've done with this MCA industry, I literally started with two people and I was able to take this thing to a whole nother level. Now I got about 50 guys on the floor. I got half a floor in the Trump Tower and well, the Trump building at 40 Wall. And I got a lot of kids that come from the outer boroughs. They come from the Bronx, Harlem, Brooklyn, Queens, Newark, New Jersey, Patterson. And I help these guys show them there's a way that you don't have to go do crime or do something crazy. There's an opportunity for you because everybody feels, oh, yeah, there's opportunities, but none of them for me. Well, I'm right. showing you one now. You don't need any experience. You don't need any licensing. All you need is a go get it attitude and the motivation and the patience to stick on dialing those phone numbers until you got your book of business built. And again, my course shows these guys step by step. So I bring these kids in out here and I try to help these guys out. You know, I show them that there's a different opportunity, a different way in life. So they hopefully I can save a couple of them. Because again, when I was growing up, I had guidance, but my guidance was from drug addicts. Like looking back now, the advice that I took from some people, I was just like, that's what happens when you, you know, they don't have somebody in charge leading. I didn't have a father in my household. So, and I was the big brother. So I always had to figure it out. And, you know, sometimes you figure it out by smashing your head through the wall. Yeah. And I've done that more than, more than a few times. So when I finally hit this MCA, I just said, this is the last wall I'm smashing my head through, but I'm going to get through it. And I tell you, they tried to keep that info from me, man. People didn't want to help. People don't want nothing. They just want, here, go dial. Don't know anything. Don't understand how this business works. And I just wasn't having it. You know, I already went through the whole process with my own personal clients. So nobody can tell me different. I'm not, most people in this business, they start working for a company and then they go off on their own after they've learned it. I just needed to see that it worked. Once yeah. I seen that it worked, I started the company and I started banging my head into the wall real quick, got through the wall, that's it. There was, there was never me going to work for some other company aspect. <laughs> and you know, this is what I try to do with the guys now, the guys and the girls that come on my floor. I try to motivate and encourage everybody, you're your own entrepreneur. You get out of bed in the morning. I don't pay you to get out of bed. I don't have no employees on salary. Everybody comes to me. They got their own LLCs. They are coming in 1099 subcontractors, and I'm giving them a great place where they can make phone calls out of, and they manage and maintain their customers. They bring them to me. We fund them. Their company gets paid that percentage. It's very simple business, you know, and they get to keep maintaining those relationships as long as they stick around. I have people that come in and it doesn't work for them. And then they call me back six months later. Hey, can I come back? I thought something else was going to happen. It didn't turn out like I thought you were right. I should have listened to you then. As long as they didn't leave like a schmuck, I take them back. No problem, because <laughs> I like to give people opportunity. That's one thing about me. Sometimes it's even to my detriment because I see the good in people, even when they don't see it in themselves. I'm like, man, you know, you're not in such bad shape. I hear you, but at 30, 
at 30 years old, I was, I was in prison for a while. So, you know, you're not, you're, I wish I was where you were when I, when I was third, when my 30th birthday, you know, a couple days after, like, I wish that was my situation, you know, my situation. And I managed to still get to this. I'm telling you, you have nothing to worry about. You're way ahead of the game, but yeah. people don't see the, the, people don't see the, the good they have. They always focus on the bad. And that's a problem in our society in general, because everybody's so focused on, on watching everybody's lives on Instagram that they're like, man, I wish my marriage was like that. I wish my husband was like that. I wish my wife was like that. And it sets these super high bars that nobody really can fill, but people don't think rationally. They think with emotions. And when they get those emotions running and that dopamine's hitting, it's like, you know, ugh, I tell you, you can tell them to go jump off the roof. <laughs> And yeah. they're marching. So, again, for me, I try to open people's eyes and get them aware of, you know, things that me at 43 am telling kids in their 20s and 30s that, guys, don't feel like you're too too old. You're you're young. You're, you're way ahead of time because I was 37 when I found this industry. 37 years old. I didn't – 36. I didn't know this existed. I was still trying to figure it out. Once I seen this, I said, this is the one thing. Now I can do whatever I want in life because I have a way to print money legally. And this is the opportunity that I open the door up for everybody. You know, it's, it's just, it is what it is. Um, so you started, you started MCA bootcamp. Um, and oh. you know, you, uh, so MCA bootcamp is your, is your coaching course, your coaching program. You've gotten a lot of great reviews. You have, MCA broker bootcamp. Yeah. MCA broker bootcamp. Thank you. Um, you have over 200,000 or about 200,000 followers on Instagram, uh, you, on your other socials, you just have an incredible amount of people who are watching you and following you and seeing what you're doing. You've proven that you can go from the lowest of the low point in life, um, to very successful, and not only are you very successful, but you're not doing it as a predatory lender. You're not doing it by taking advantage of people. Yes, it's expensive money, but everybody knows that when they get into it, they're happy to do it because it fits a short-term need that a they need. can handle. It yeah, it fits need. a need. And then on the on the other side, if things go awry, you're there to help them work through it. And yeah, sometimes you're going to have to write it off or charge it off. Uh, but most of the time you can get them through the process. It just takes a little bit extra time and effort. To me, that's and impact. That's your, you know, where your dollars are going, right? If, if Pete, you know, your dollars are going to help a bakery, right? Or the correct. UPS store, right? Yep. They get to live. Everyone who comes off the street, enjoys the bread, goes on about their day. They don't know anything, right? But they wouldn't be able to do that if that bakery wasn't able to open the doors that day. And those right. employees, they got families to feed. They got to go home and tell their 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 loved ones why they worked all week and they don't have the check to go to the grocery store this weekend. It's it's that serious in life. And this is a very big problem where I just look at it and I'm like, man, with all of the technology, with everything that we have at our fingertips, I gotta I tell people a lot of times though, it it really took me going through the all of those years in prison to appreciate some of the things that I had that I just didn't acknowledge before. 
I never turned on a computer till I was 30 years old. We had computers. It wasn't that there wasn't computers. It was that it didn't suit me. I didn't need a computer for anything. I worked as a construction worker when I was a kid. I always sold drugs since I was 13. And I just made more money with drugs than anything else up until that time. And that was it. I was just, you know, okay, this is a business. I run this business and I make money. I can't wait to find something that I don't have to worry about maybe losing my life on five different levels Yeah. or, but until that comes along, this is where I'm at. And again, yeah. it was with poor guidance because my mom, my family go get a job construction. But to me, I'm like, that's not going to hit it. It's just not going to put me where I believe that I belong. And I tell you that drug dealer attitude, I, I push it down a lot because it's, it's embedded in me. I mean, I grew up with it. And it was just like, you know, I push it down. It's, I, I just keep pushing it down in life because it's like, you know, just because somebody was successful with this, I could have easily gotten shot and killed like so many others have. So for me, it's like, you know, I'm very blessed. I was able to turn my life around, help out a lot of people in different communities and just bring value to people's lives in a positive manner rather than living off of other people's misery. And that in itself was something that I was, I'm able to now be proud and talk to my kids about. See, when my father was growing up with us, you know, he wasn't around. So I had to learn a lot of these things myself or from people that were giving me bad advice. And now I'm able to be there to teach my kids. So when I drive the kids to school, my kids, we pull up in a G-Wagon. And I tell my kids, I don't care what any of the cool kids say in high school. I'm the cool dad. Listen <laughs> to me. They see my friends. They know my partners. One of them is, you know, very famous and very famous. And they know him like they, you know, they grew up with him. So they're like, my kids understand. They're like, you know, dad, these kids are vaping in school. These kids are doing drugs. And they're not even thinking of it because... Again, they grew up with me gone seven years visiting me in these these filthy institutions that it definitely had a huge impact on them as well. But now that they're in their 18 now and it's like this is the time that I really need to be there. Yeah. My wife was able to cover the household while they were little and still inside the house. But now that they're starting to get out into the world, this is where those really dangerous situations happen. My my biggest problem was friends I known for a long time. I was, hey, I'll help him out because we went to school or because we knew each other. I don't think like that anymore at all. And yeah. I'm able to teach my kids not to think like that in the first place. Like, you know, just because that's how kids get in a lot of trouble. They get wrapped up because they're, their friend's doing something stupid, but they're like, oh, he's my buddy. We were in the same class forever. And yeah. I, you know, we've been through it. So I'm showing my kids how to avoid a lot of the pitfalls that I did. And again, listen, I was out here causing a lot of, a lot of mayhem. So I was, you know, on a, I was doing a lot more things than the average person would be doing to have to worry about. But it, I can see how quick and easy that stuff happens to people because that money comes in fast. Yeah. And the the thought of the money coming in fast and the overinflation of other people around you, like 
wow, these guys are really making so much. They might not be making that much, but they look like they are. And again, perception is a lot in life. So again, me being going through all of my, all of my adversity kind of opened my eyes to how lucky and fortunate I actually was in life and that I don't need to do these kind of things. And really, honestly, most people don't need to do them because there is all of these opportunities out here now with technology. Back then, yes, listen, it's tough. You know, if you don't have a friend or a relative or some type of special connection, you know, it is what it is. But at the end of the day, when you have the lights turned on for you and you say, okay, there is an opportunity. I can zone in on that. I can Google that. I can learn that. I can research that then you have no more excuse to say that there's nothing there for you. Say you don't want to do it. Say you don't feel like it. You're lazy. No problem. But just don't say there is no opportunity because right. Merchant Cash Advance, don't buy my program. Go on Google. Google how much money do Merchant Cash Advance brokers make and then make your own decision if you want to spend the next couple of months learning about it. Or if you want to join my course and I can have you, uh, you know, a kind of an ace in three, four days, <laughs> you know what I mean? So either way, it's fine, but there's no shortage of money in this industry. There's no shortage of small businesses. I never worry about, oh my God, am I bringing my own competition to myself? Absolutely not, because I can't cover all of these businesses in a lifetime. Yeah. It's just not possible. Yeah. So if I can have 10,000 brokers under me all winning and doing well, then I win. Because I'm going to take a couple dollars off of each one of them for showing them this world. And then they can go take that to the next level and they can provide that life for their families. And I was helped. I helped be part of that. So for me, you know, that's like, that's like my motivation that gets me up. I tell you, I come in my office and everybody on my floor will tell you, I don't have to come in. I make that very clear to everybody. I come all the way in from Jersey. I come through the tunnel And I come all the way down to Wall Street and I park my car and I come in and I sit on the floor with everybody. I do everything I need to do in the morning before I leave my house. I don't come in until like one o'clock. But in the morning before I leave my house, everything is done that I need to do for my funding wise. The brokering. I come in here because I like the energy. I like to show these people that just because you make 10 grand on a deal, doesn't mean you take off tomorrow. It means you come in and you look for the next deal that's going to give you 10 grand. And then the next one, that's the way that I look at it. So that's the way I try to make sure everybody else looks at it around me. And I love motivating these people because you got to, you, you don't, I don't know how many people you have working under you or with you, but on my floor, everybody works with me. And just to see somebody get a customer on the phone and see their eyes light up like, oh my God, I might have a live one. <laughs> this is like, it's really, it feels good because I yeah. know that I'm making a positive impact on people. Even if they leave and they go work at Verizon or wherever in life in sales, there's the skills they learn on my floor are going to carry with them. They're transferable. They're going to carry with them wherever. And they'll be able to be a more standout salesman where they get where they're going because my industry, the reason I came so what that I, that I fit so well with this was because of the used car business, because the used car business was a little 
a little more aggressive in regards to, hey, Sam, where you at? Texas, all right. You're a smart business savvy sales guy. I mean, you're a smart savvy business uh businessman. So you went on car gurus or cars.com and you put in the top right in radius, you put the whole country. I want the cheapest Mercedes in the whole country. I'll pay a $200 ticket and fly to wherever I got to go. I want the cheapest car. So my Russian community out here, we have a thing where we like to price those cars very, very, very low, lower than we actually buy them for at the auction. Gets a lot of people making phone calls, wanting to set appointments. So when they come and hit these spot cars that these guys use, you get customers calling from all over the country. And they're like, hey, I want to come down there and buy that car. Are you sure it's that price? Are you guaranteeing that price? Absolutely. It's a recorded call. The price is guaranteed. The guy flies in. Now you tell him, well, the car's warranty. I mean, the car's transmission is having a problem with the timing belt. We don't feel confident enough to let this car off the lot. So we're not going to sell it. Or they say, yeah, here's the car at that price, but you also got all of these fees, destination, origination, paint, blockage, stoppage, packaging, cleaning, gas, <laughs> and you got 12 fees that equal 12 grand. And, it's, <laughs> and they're like, you can have the car for this, but you also got to pay this. And you don't know how fast a person jumps out of the chair, screaming, cursing, red in the face. And the job of the car guy is to calm them down, keep them in the chair, and then take them off of that Mercedes that they were dead set that they bought a plane ticket for and show them the value of this nice Toyota Camry instead of having to take the Uber back to the airport, get another one-way flight on demand, and then go back home with no car and be back to where they started. Right. Let's get you in this in this Camry. And so I learned those skills there. And that skill allowed me to kind of come with this industry because we have customers that are that are expecting bank rates. They're like, I want 3%. And I'm like, so does everybody else. What's, yeah. what's your credit score? Well, well you know, um, I have a little, it was good. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's talk about today and deal with facts. What is your credit score? Well, it's not that great. Okay, so you're already disqualified from Oh, your credit score is great. Perfect. How do your tax returns look? Oh, the tax returns aren't great. Okay, disqualified. Oh, your tax returns are good. Cool. Show me your last three years tax return. And I want to see that there's a growth increase incrementally every year. Oh, that works. Perfect. Show me your personal financial statement. Oh, that matches. Great. Show me your cash reserves to hold six months worth of these payments in the event that there's a slowdown in your business. Do you have six months on reserve? No. Okay. Well, then you're declined. There's so many criteria going down the line that it is what it is. You're like 90% of the time, you're not going to be able to get a person qualified, even if they do have good credit for one of those bank loans. But these people don't want to hear that. They want to hear, I want 3% or I'm not taking it because I got it from the EIDL. Like it was an economic disaster loan, once in a lifetime, global pandemic. You think yeah. the banks are giving you 3% out here? Like, and it's just so crazy that these business owners, they really don't know. They don't understand that what they're asking is wrong. And it's very frustrating to most people. To me, it's no problem. It's the same in the car business of flying the guy in, 
to swap them onto a different car. Mine is just right now, I don't have to trick you. I can just tell you, sir, you're unreasonable and here's why. Without right. being rude or insulting, but I can explain to these guys and girls how their thinking is off and then I just shift their thinking and I show them how to look at the money instead of the cost of it rather than the value that it's going to bring in your life. How much money are you going to make by having this money available? What opportunities are going to be present because you have this capital? Let's not focus on, oh, this is more expensive than the bank because you're comparing an apple to a watermelon because they both got seeds. And that's just not, you know, that's just not something that I, I spent time doing. <laughs> you know it is what it is um yeah it's been fantastic talking with you today we already burned through our time together oh god yeah i start talking man sometimes you know <laughs> which is which is just fine but for those uh for those who are listening can you share um how people can reach you how how can they find the mca broker Bootcamp? all right well you can always go right on our website mca broker Bootcamp. Dot com. You can also go to my Instagram, MCA Broker Bootcamp, and TikTok the same thing, YouTube the same thing. I kind of try to keep everything, uh, everything in line and make it easy for everybody out here. But literally, life changing stuff. I don't care if you have a job, you don't have a job, you're looking, you're not looking, you didn't know you might want to be a business owner. Go learn about MCA. And see if you don't want to bring an extra five to twenty thousand dollars a month into your life. You know, yeah. it's just yeah, who it doesn't is want that? I, I don't know a lot of people apparently because <laughs> you know it's uh I I have so many people coming into my office and then they come in for a week and then they leave. Very entitled. I don't like it, so I don't chase them. But you know, yeah. a lot of people got to get over that entitlement thing. Like nobody owes us nothing out here. Yeah. Well, thank you. You know, thank you for joining the show. I love how much impact you're having in the lives of small business owners. It's a huge, huge deal for folks to be able to make sure that they can pay their employees, um, keep the lights on, keep things going while they wait for a, you know, a whatever to come and come in the mail or, or something, particularly, you know, COVID, you know, COVID post COVID, the world's been crazy. And we've just kind of seen a lot of folks be in need for these types of things. But thanks for joining the call. I'll make sure those links are in the show notes. And folks, this has been another great episode of Clean Money Podcast with Peter Risco. Please check him out on LinkedIn, Instagram, um, the other socials, TikTok. I go to his website. And Pete, thanks again for joining the show. You got it. Thank you. It was a pleasure, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to Clean Money where we talk about sustainable investing that improves society. We are passionate about creating great investment returns to investors who want to use their money to make a positive social impact in the world. If you enjoyed the episode, we'd appreciate a five-star review. And if you are interested in making your investing matter, please connect with us at wildmountaincapital.com. Or you can find me, Samuel Sells, on LinkedIn, on Twitter at cells underscore Samuel, on Instagram at Clean Money Sam, or on Facebook. And finally, make your investing matter.